there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. From Gimlet, this is Reply All. I'm PJ Vogt. And I'm Alex Goldman. So a couple years ago, a friend was visiting from out of town, and she took me to see this play. It was called Perfect Crime. All she really knew about it was that it was a crime thriller. So we went to this off-Broadway theater where the stage was set up like an office in an old detective story. Big wood bookshelves, an old Persian rug. We sit down, and the play begins. This is a recording of the first scene. A man is sitting in the office listening to a reel-to-reel recorder. And then this woman barges onto the stage. She's wearing a wig, but you can't tell if you're supposed to know that it's a wig or not. And you don't really have that much time to wonder because she immediately pulls out a gun and shoots the guy. And so begins the most bewildering couple hours of theater I've ever seen in my life. The play has the rhythms of a detective story. People are finding stuff out, and clues are revealed, and accusations are made. But sitting there watching it, I could not follow anything. Which meant that I didn't know if the play was over my head or really just bad. So PJ made me go see this play. He actually made me go see it with our producer, Fia Benin. And it is pretty much as bizarre as he describes it. I kept leaning over to her and going like, do you understand what's going on? And she would lean back and say, no. And so... I looked on Yelp, and the internet feels the same way as I do about this play. Here are a couple of reviews that I read on Yelp. First, the pros. The seats have ample legroom, and the sets aren't bad for a one-set play. That's everything that's good about this show. And then here's another one. At the end of the play, the audience was so stunned that we didn't know we were supposed to clap until one of the actors took a bow. The applause was then muted out of pity and mixed with laughter as we realized that this awful experience was over. So I I should say, I think Yelp reviews are maybe my least favorite part of the internet. They tend to be written in this voice that's like mean and picky and just finds fault in everything. But even though I don't like Yelp reviews, or online reviews at all for that matter, I know that they're very powerful. Bad Yelp reviews can destroy somebody's business. And so it is crazy to me that anything could be so hated online and still survive particularly something that relies on new people going to see it again and again and again. But my first clue that perfect crime might exist somehow magically outside of the laws of the universe as I have understood it up to this point came when I met the star of the play, Catherine Russell. I've never met anyone like her. This is how she reacted when I asked her about the bad reviews that I had found on the internet. I'm pretty optimistic and I'm 
happy when I get up in the morning. So I don't, I can't really make a judgment about other people's lives. If they want to judge me, I, there's nothing I can do about it. I guess I didn't understand, like, I was, like the Yelp page, it had a, it had like a lower star rating than the Yelp page for Rikers Island. <laughs> like it was like, Rikers had two and a half and I think you guys had one and a half. I mean, you know, it is what it is. We're still here. People are buying tickets. And this is what is actually crazy about Perfect Crime. Perfect Crime has been running nonstop for 28 years. It's the longest running play in New York City. And Catherine Russell, who stars as sharp-tongued psychiatrist Margaret Thorne Brent, holds the Guinness World Record for doing the same performance more times than anybody else in history. What did Mrs. Johansson tell you? April 18th, 1987. It was our first performance. And what, as someone who was two years old in 1987, like what was happening in 1987? How lovely of you to point that out. (laughs) (laughs) At least you were alive. Usually people are not alive. Um, There were no cell phones, really. People didn't have cell phones. No DNA testing, really. Um, There's certainly no DVDs yet. Um, it was like a, it was a different time. <laughs> so what is going on here? How does Perfect Crime survive? Uh, is this PJ? Yeah, is this Lonnie? Yes, it is. Hi, how are you? This is Lonnie Price. He's a longtime Broadway guy. He's been a writer, an actor, a director. He knows theater. And Lonnie said the fact that Perfect Crime stays up is especially surprising because theater is even more expensive than most people realize. Like, even shows that critics love, that audiences seem to love, close all the time. Most shows fail. Most. Most. It must be 90% or something. Most fail. Failure is, is in your inches from failure at all times. It's the odd thing that's a hit. This play's not a hit. Reply all saw it on three different nights, once during the weekend, and we never saw the theater more than a quarter full. So how does it make enough money to run? Lonnie did the math. So the, the, uh, if it's four characters, one set, so that means it doesn't have a lot of stagehands that it employs. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know if the actors are making $600 a week, maybe $800 a week, maybe less. So saying maybe their entire budget for salaries is $7,000 a week. So depending on the, if the deal they have with the theater and if they have a lease on the theater... They don't have to sell very many tickets. You know, one would think looking at it, it's probably the cheapest show in New York to run, one would think. Lonnie said this could work, but they'd have to be scrappy. Catherine, it turns out, is scrappy as hell. A guy came in, he didn't like Perfect Crime, I think, and he complained about it, and he tried to take money from the, the, the guys who were selling the concessions. But he was, like, really belligerent and getting in his face and trying to, like, literally say, I want my money back, and trying to grab the money. He was a total asshole. And I got right in his face, and I said, what's the problem here, buddy? <laughs> you saw the play. You don't get your money back. Get out of here! But why do all that work for a play that's so confusing? When you leave the theater you're handed a 17-point frequently asked questions list about the story that you just watched. It addresses questions like, who killed whom? And what was the painting? Catherine did not write this play, so why has she chosen to devote her life to keeping it running? What did Mrs. Johansson tell you? She's doing the same play every night, eight performances a week. Can you imagine saying the same lines every night? What did Mrs. 
for all those years? It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I mean, most actors, you know, if they do a year in something, they want to kill themselves. You know, I mean, they go through periods of, oh, I'm having a really bad couple months, and oh, it's a little bit better, and all that, but years? Catherine probably wouldn't put it this way, but from my perspective, it seems like those years doing perfect crime have cost her. For instance, when she started the play, there was a guy she was seeing. I was engaged to somebody, (laughs) and I think he got pretty disgusted and said, (laughs) he said perfect crime ruined his life. What was that like? How was it ruining his life at the time? Oh, because it's no fun being um, married to an actress who does eight shows a week. You have I you have no weekends to go away. You can't go out on date night on a Friday or Saturday night. You can't go up out with other couples or go to the movies. Like I'm always working. I get home at eleven o'clock on Saturday night. And would he come to the play? Um, a, a couple of times, maybe. And then, and then we, we broke up like probably after like two, maybe a year and a half or two years. Catherine doesn't take vacations. She doesn't take sick days. She doesn't miss shows. There was no performance on 9-11, but only because it happened to be on their day off. They were back the day after. And the day that Catherine's mom died, she found out after a matinee showing a perfect crime. She still did the evening show. Catherine says that she gets her work ethic from her dad. He was a lawyer who died while Catherine was still pretty young. She was just 20. She idolized him, and he loved her, but he was a tough critic. In college, when she tried out for Streetcar Named Desire and got a callback for the part of Stella, she phoned him with the good news. And his first question was why she hadn't gotten the role of Blanche. It was always like that. I mean, he was like, get straight A's, you'd get straight A's. Why not an A-plus? You'd get an A-plus. Why not all A-pluses? He was like, what do they call it, the tiger mom? He was like that. And he really instilled in us, no matter what you do, do it well. Catherine keeps a real picture of her dad on the stage. It's been there the whole time the plays run. And she says that he'd be proud of her. Because even though, according to the internet, Perfect Crime is a one and a half star play, she thinks of it as a success. Most people wouldn't be able to keep a play going for years and years and years. This is not how actors usually define success. It feels weird to be a performer and not be a crowd pleaser. Catherine told me that her least favorite part of performing is the curtain call at the end, when you come out and everybody claps for you. Who needs a bunch of strangers telling you you're good? I will tell you who needs it. Uh, When I was talking to Lonnie, he happened to mention just offhandedly that he likes Reply All as a podcast. All right, take care. Oh, by the way, I love the show. Oh, my God. Thank you. Are you kidding? Adore it. I can't tell you how much I love that piece of tape. (laughs) It says everything that you need to know about you as a human being. Oh, my God. Thank you. Hold on. Let's just play it one more time. Just so that people can soak up every millisecond. No one needs to soak up any milliseconds of anything. Here we go. Oh, my God. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, it's so, oh, it's beautiful. It is the sound of a person who feeds off human validation finding a new source. I mean, if I'm being honest, I am totally the same way. Like, I, like, my favorite website, Twitter, is basically just a game where you try and see how many stars of approval you can get from people on the internet. 
I mean, you and me just had a 20-minute conversation about whether we should respond to someone who said something mean about the show on Twitter or whether we should just be strong and confident enough people to let it go. No, no, no. It wasn't even that. It was whether uh, it would <laughs> whether it would make us look crazy to yell at somebody or not. Like, it wasn't like whether we should be healthy. It was whether we should try to look healthy or enjoy looking mad. And then PJ was like, well, how about I just hate fave him? <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually still think we should do. We spent a year of our lives obsessed with trying to get more followers than each other on Twitter. And I commissioned a musician named Matt Farley to write a song telling people not to follow you. How about a bunch of tweets of pictures of cats? No, no. Of course you don't want anything like that. Sing it. Follow PJ, don't follow Alex. 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 Okay, so... If I had gotten to choose the personality I was born with, I probably would have chosen to be somebody who cares less about what other people think. But on the other hand, if you are born with this affliction, performing in public kind of seems like the right job. Because the idea is you make something, you look at people's responses. If they don't like it, it drives you crazy. You try to make it better. And somewhere in that cycle, you hopefully make good entertainment. And that is basically what made this whole conversation with Catherine so confusing, is that is that I assumed that she was the same as us. And so no matter how many times I reminded her that some people, many people, in fact, don't like her play, I could never make her care. It's a confusing play. Some people really like that, some people don't. There's not one play that everybody in the world is going to love. But this seems to be a play that a lot of people don't love. But people like it too. What else can I say? Other people have liked it. <laughs> right, but you could, I mean, if you wanted to, you could do a different play. People would hate that, too. People, my favorite play is Three Sisters by Chekhov. I love that play. Lots of people don't like that play. But a lot of people like that play. Sure, but I mean, what, I should find a play that more people will like. I, you know, I, I mean, how would I do that? Why would I, I mean, take a poll from all the people who said horrible things about perfect crime and say, would you like me to do another play? And they're like, no, we hate you and the play. Okay. You know, you can't live your life trying to make everybody happy. I, I, I try to make the people I care about happy. Okay, but complete strangers, I try to make them happy, but if I can't, I let go. Our producer, Fia Benin, asked Catherine a question that had not occurred to me to ask. Is it really good? I have no idea. So you don't feel like this is the best play that's ever been written, and therefore... No, it's definitely not the best play that's ever been written. No. I mean, there are great, great, great plays. This is not one of them. This is... It's fun to do. My mother said it was the stupidest play she'd ever seen in her life. Wait, what? (laughs) That's my mother. (laughs) Yeah, it's a stupid play. Everything happens offstage. I was like, this is the play that's employed your daughter. (laughs) Catherine's not just the star of Perfect Crime. She does pretty much everything at the theater. This is her handing people tickets at the box office moments before she's supposed to go on stage. Hi, can I help you? <clears throat> My name is Herschelag, three tickets. You have great blue eyes. Do people tell you that? Not lately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not hitting on you. You just have beautiful eyes. There you go. <laughs> I run this theater, so I take out the garbage, and if somebody throws up, I help clean it up. And, uh, you know, if the, if the toilet stopped up, we stop. I, I like doing all of that. She starts her day at 5 a.m. She's answering emails. She's doing press requests. She's booking actors. She's talking to sponsors. She is never not moving. When we were done talking, I asked her if she could just sit still for one minute while I recorded the sound of the empty theater. So we we literally have to record like a minute of room tone. Okay.
She looked so uncomfortable. We actually had to start over because Catherine could not sit still. She'd taken her shoes off during the interview and she started trying to quietly put them back on. I think it feels weird for Catherine to sit still because she literally never does. And in fact, Catherine says that the play itself, the thing that we're obsessed with and the world sees and the internet hates, that play is just a little sliver of her day. It's her downtime. So it's getting on stage is a breeze. Right. It's actually really good. And nobody's allowed to, like, ping you for anything. No, I mean, they can't. I'm, I'm on stage for most of the time in the show, so, like, other than checking my email, like, m- once or twice during the show, I can't, there's no way I have time to email anybody or text anybody except an intermission. Right. So it's, like, it's like blissful, actually, to have that time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. And the first thing I get to do is shoot somebody six times. So whatever crap has happened to me during the day, I'm like, bang, 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 bang. It's great. <laughs> It lets out whatever crap is there. It's like healthy, right? It's good. I let it all out. Tonight, Catherine will do performance number 11,792 of Perfect Crime. I mean, I, I know my place in the universe. You know, I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records, and I'm above the world's tallest horse. <laughs> I swear to God. And there's a picture of the horse, but I don't get a picture. While the rest of us spend our days scurrying around on Earth, wondering if we're smart or pretty or talented enough, Catherine Russell, she is like the sun. It rises every day and powers itself. It doesn't read its Yelp reviews. There's too much to do. There's not enough time to think about stopping. Coming up after the break, literally since the dawn of time, people have asked each other one question, which is, of course, are there any other good podcasts to listen to? We will talk to the person who has solved this. Stick around. PJ, one more thing. Yes, Alex. You know our buddy Matt Farley? Yes. He's written 18,000 songs. They're all on Spotify. Yes. Um, I asked him to write a song about this week's show. Really? Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Yes, I do. Catherine Russell is just like the sun Getting up every morning to do what she's done Pretty much every day in about the same way But instead of heating up the world, she's in a play (laughs) It's called a perfect While reading the reviews on Yelp or in the news Cause she's got too much to do She's not of the generation that needs constant validation She's happy in her station working hard on her creation And one last thing Oh my god Reply all listeners You should follow Alex Goldman on Twitter He requested that I sing this as PJ did before And I'll happily comply cause I always want more So, I guess that the takeaway from that song... I don't think there is one. Art is so hard to interpret. 
is follow Alex Goldman on Twitter. It's, mm. at, it's at P J <laughs> Vote A Goldmund A G O L D M U N D. I really wish that Matt hadn't said that I that he's doing it because I specifically asked him to. I wish that he had said. You he wish was that doing he had it. lied. You wish he had done fabulous song journalism. Sure. You have no standards. I have no standards for him. I have plenty of standards for myself. <laughs> Tell me about some of your standards. I mean, I won't murder anybody. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. So Gimlet has a new podcast. It's starting next week, and it's called Sampler. The host is named Brittany Luce, and we brought her into the studio to talk about it. Hi, Brittany. Hi, PJ and Alex. How are you guys? We're pretty good. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Seven out of ten is good. It's a solid C. So the way that Sampler works is that Brittany goes out and listens to the tens of thousands of podcasts that are out there many of them that basically no one has ever heard. And she finds the best, weirdest stuff, and she collects it all, and she brings it back. And often she will talk to the people who, who make this stuff. So what kinds of things have you found so far? Oh, my God. Well, I feel like you're like you're like you're like one of those like magical traveling salesmen. You just like set down like a dusty old suitcase, and then you're gonna pull out <laughs> something crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll open it up, and it'll be there. Will be like a light shining out of it at you. Yeah. <laughs> so wait. So what have you got? Okay. So. Um, I kind of know a lot about professional wrestling because it's kind of like passions or like general hospital with people pretending to play a sport in a way. Yeah, that's, it's, there's real drama to it. Oh, the fighting is fake, but the drama is real. Okay, so who is the best like wrestler, talker, like podcast person? One of the greatest to ever do it, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're going to face Yokozuna. Can you give us any last-minute comment before that matchup? Yeah, my last-minute comment is I'll whip your ass just as soon as I would him. So why don't you just back off right now? You oh, yeah. greatest in what sense? To ever professionally wrestle. I was about to get emotional. Jesus Christ. And he's, like, so good on Mike. But he looks like somebody's mom's new boyfriend. He like, does. He, he looks, looks like, like Dr. Phil a little bit. He's like a muscle-bound Dr. Phil. <laughs> but, like... 
That's kind of next level, though. What do you mean? Uh, to have the knowledge and, like, the weird gentility of Dr. Phil, but then also be the person who can get, like, on the mic in panties and, like, knee pads and say, like, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Right. Like, it's really deep. It's a crazy amount of range. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And so the name of the podcast is The Steve Austin Show Unleashed. Um, yeah, isn't that? That sounds kind of dangerous, right? Uh, it's an interview show, but my favorite parts are when he gives updates on, <laughs> I guess, like his 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 Texas homestead, which he calls the Broken Skull Ranch. So um, <laughs> I'm going to play you guys a clip from that right now. You know, when I met my wife, you know, and we were there together for, you know, however long we were together. And then, you know, finally we were got married or whatever. Uh, she said, you know, you, have you ever had a facial? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? A facial? I said, hell no, I never had no facial. So she said, well, you know, before you go do this movie, we need to get you a facial because you're going to have a lot of close-ups and stuff like that. When a guy like me uh, from South Texas, you know, when you think of a facial, you think, ah, yeah, you're laying there on a little table and they, you know, rub some little shit on you and say, lather up your face and wash your face. And, you know, then they kind of, you know, rub you down a little bit and send you out the door. No. That's not exactly what happens in this kind of a facial. The kind of facials that my wife wanted me to get was an extraction. This is when a highly trained professional squeezes all the little fucking blackheads and shit out of your face. And when you're a gym rat like I am and a guy who hunts and fishes and uses a chainsaw and builds and destroys shit and gets dirty and grimy and just does what men do, I got a lot of fucking blackheads, believe it or not. Oh, God dang. And you know what? The second time I went, I ate like three Vicodin. I mean, son of a bitch. And never go to a meeting after you've had an extraction. Because I remember right after I had a facial one time, my fucking beak was swollen up. It was red. I looked like I had that whiskey nose, which wasn't the case. I just had this shit beat out of me getting a facial. <laughs> I got to say... I really think that it is so sweet that Steve Austin was game enough to go get a facial twice. Right. I think he's actually saying that he got him a bunch of times. The, like, the way he's like, because I hunt and fucking, like, beat the shit out of bears and shit like that. Like, he somehow he builds the argument for him needing a facial out of his excessive masculinity. <laughs> right. It's, like, so great. There's this amazing episode where he did not have a guest for his Unleashed podcast and he was recording in Mexico. So he just, like... Recorded 45 minutes of him having, like, like, an intense standoff with a fly. Yeah, look at this. I just had a fly land on my fucking microphone. Boy, if I could talk to this motherfucker, I could ask him some fucking questions. Well, why don't you go ahead and ask me questions, you son of a bitch? Fly, is that you talking to me, or have I gone absolutely fucking crazy? Yeah, it's me. And don't call me Fly. Call me Mr. Fly, motherfucker. And it goes on like this for like several minutes. And, uh, and and then Steve ends up wrestling the fly. And with both men in the ring, well, one man in a fly in the ring, the referee starts the match. And the fly and Austin pace in the ring. Austin seemingly the stronger of the two. Certainly the fly much quicker, much more agile. How will wow. No, it's like fucking theater. It, right. Yeah. Right. It's like Brecht. I would listen to that in a heartbeat. 
See, there you go. And that's the kind of response. I'm out here changing lives. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Did you you're, feel, you're do you feel it? You're enriching lives. I Thank never you. would have thought that this was what was in your traveling suitcase, and I'm very glad that it is. The first episode of Sampler comes out next Wednesday. You can get it on iTunes, or you can get it on our website, gimletmedia.com. Upcoming episodes feature guests like W. Kamau Bell, the Bodega Boys, Molly Ringwald. Uh, there are tons of amazing, obscure, beautiful podcasts that they're going to look into. So you should go subscribe. Reply All is me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman. We were produced this week by Tim Howard, Shruthi Pinamanani, and Fia Benin. Our editor is Peter Clowney. Production assistance from Kalila Holt and Mervyn Deganos. We were mixed by Rick Kwan. Matt Lieber is the phone that you drop out of your hand onto the sidewalk, pick up in sheer horror, look at, and realize that it is somehow completely unharmed. Special thanks to Emma Jacobs and Emily Kennedy. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our ad music is by Build Buildings. You can find us at our website, replyall.ninja, or at iTunes at itunes.com slash replyall. For real, if you haven't got a chance to, please review us on iTunes. It is much more helpful than you think. Also, last summer, we did a live version of the Catherine Russell story at Cast Party, this amazing festival that included Invisibilia and Radiolab and all these other shows. And if you want to see what that looked like, Cast Party is available on iTunes and Vimeo. You can check it out. Finally, this is Kaylee's last week, and we will miss her so much. In addition to being responsible for the magnum opus that is the Reply All newsletter, she has done a million things, big and small, to make this podcast smarter and better and funnier and we will really miss her. You can follow her on Twitter at Kalila Holt. She's great there. She's great everywhere. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.